Hey everyone, and welcome. This is Pop X Cast, where science fiction meets pop, pop culture. We are a geek podcast for geek cu- culture. So, are you ready to get your geek on? Sit back, relax, put on that Ninja Turtle onesie, warm up those chimichangas. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Pop, pop X Cast. You are listening to Pop X Cast, where science fiction meets pop culture. Here we go! Pop X Cast. I was born in it, molded by it. Pop X Cast. <laughs> Stan Lee says Excelsior. What's up, Lindsay Badger? How you doing, girl? Hello, Mr. Burke. Hello, my dear. It's so good to see you. It's uh, episode 113. And uh, as you can tell, we don't have uh, Austin Burke here with us tonight. He's uh, watching the Steelers lose tragically. Oh, it's <sighs> so heartbreaking. I'm sorry for all the fans of all the Steeler I mean, Nation. I know, man. It's just a sad day for Steeler Nation. I'm sitting here watching on my iPad and... 13, 14 seconds into the game, a fundle, recovery, and touchdown in our own. I'm like, what? Probably we're, the... We're more, we're more college fans oh. in this house, so the, the NFL doesn't nearly affect our hearts as much as you guys, but um, <laughs> I know the feeling, Yeah, and I'm so sorry. Well, <laughs> you know, don't don't feel too bad, though. I, I will give you this much, Lindsay. I, Lindsay, I did come from Kentucky. Kentucky doesn't have a pro team. So our team is the Kentucky Wildcats. So basketball and football and all of that, that's pretty much what we... Yeah, we're, st- we're, we're Sooners all the way. Oh, we're you're Sooners, sooners all the way. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty much where we're at, though. You know, it's kind of like, okay, um, I got you. I dig you. We don't have a pro team, but you know what? We got those. We'll go Wildcats. Well, Austin will be missed. Yes. He... There, there's a, a half the Burke this show, <laughs> show no really has, but it'll... It'll still be an awesome show, I'm it, sure. It will be. It will be. I feel confident about it and everything. But, um, you know, it's it's been really fun. Uh, you know, the 2021's really starting off with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> Did not want to say that, but that's all right. Anyway, <laughs> that's just... That's, that's, <laughs> anyway, uh, what do you say we get this thing kicked off and opened up? Let's do it. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome to Pop X, where science fiction meets pop culture. Now, we'd like to welcome everyone joining us right now on the live PopX.live chat room. What's up, all of our friends over at YouTube? How you doing on YouTube Live? 
and uh, come hang out with us and join the conversation at popxcast.com. Now, if this is your first time tuning in to PopX, how we kind of do this is we run the show down. The first 20, 25 minutes of the show is headlines, where we talk about things that's going on in geek culture and movies and comics and video game pop culture craziness. And then at the halfway point around 925, 930, we dive into the show topic and we spend the remainder of the show right there. So uh, I'm your host, Central Florida the Seasons, comic book nerd and retro enthusiast. Now, I want to welcome everybody tuning in uh, right now. That's a part of the creative multiverse. I don't know if you guys knew this, but PopX is now part of the creative multiverse. And this is a really cool thing that we got going on. We'll be talking more about creative multiverse in the news segment this week. Something that Lindsay, myself, and Mike is involved in is kind of cool. If you're uh, interested in creative multiverse and what we do, Find us on you Facebook groups at the Creative Multiverse. Now, Lindsay, I'm going to turn it over to you. Uh, so, uh, you know, you, we're we're doing the Creative Multiverse. We're doing something called Art You Wary. We're yes. not going to dive into that right now. But are you having fun seeing the Creative Multiverse get creative? I adore this time of the year when um, it's usually our most active time of the year as well. Um, we see little things here and there throughout the year but this is really the most exciting time for the multiverse where you you get to dive down the rabbit hole of creativity and see all the different angles and and thought processes behind just one singular word and how they it's so cool these things it's so cool yeah absolutely so i'm gonna let you go on with the rest of the okay. intro here because I, I you know i don't want nobody to hear they're going to hear me enough in the later in the show. i know we'll geek out about yeah. that here. i'll have a sip but, of water while you're done but um if you missed our last episode episode 112 we threw down broke down dissected and pushed it put it all back together with scotch tape <laughs> wonder woman 1984 review last episode um make sure you go over to our official website popxcast.com for that episode and all the other great past shows from our collection in the archive of popx it's it's, uh, Um, 113 episodes Lindsay. this is actually a really special episode and we're going to be talking about that here in a minute i know it's really it's so super exciting but before we do that i have to remind you guys that after tonight's show make sure you go over to your google play or your itunes or both I encourage both. After the show tonight, make sure you go over and click subscribe and make sure you also give us that glowing five-star rating and maybe say something nice because it really helps us get out there and uh, get discovered by new people. It does. And you can share the awesomeness of our podcast. Yes, please. We love yeah. you a long time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, right, should we dive into the news? Jeff? We are. Don't go no anywhere. Well, news is coming up right now. Extra, extra. Read all about it. This is PopX News. Coming to you live right here on PopXCast.com. Now, just a week removed from the anticipated debut of WandaVision, which drops this Friday. Yeah, boy. I can't um, believe it's already here. I know, right? Like, I'm kind of hyped. I'm kind of. I'm, I'm a little excited. I got so excited. I don't know if you know this. Before I go into the news, I got so excited. I went ahead and made a show card for One Division, not even realizing that it's going to be like every Friday and not just all at one time. Oh, and I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, oh. Well, we'll you know, just that, stick a date on you, it. When you hear that in your back of your head? <laughs> Hello, darkness, my old friend. Aww. 
It's okay. Uh, so WandaVision on Disney Plus, Marvel Studios tied to, has tried to get fans excited by releasing the first two episodes on a supplemental series called Marvel Studios Legends. Now, riffing on the name of the wildly collectible Marvel toy line from Hasbro, though some have been excited for at least some content from the Kevin Feige-led outfit, and overwhelming majority were very disappointed with the lack of the creator or the filmmaker involvement with the show. Instead, fans were treated to the streaming equivalent of a clip episode, simply sh uh, showing a edited package of clips featuring Wanda Maximoff and Vision, Paul Bettany, and Elizabeth Olsen from movies they've already appeared in within the MCU. Now, suffice to say, most fans of the MCU hit social media to express their disappointments in the setup with the series. Um, a lot I we can unpack here. Now. They, they went back in the last decade of movies, yeah. and they just cut out all the pieces with Wanda and Vision in it, and they like, glued it together. Why? And they called that... Is that what I'm understanding? See, I'm so confused. Now, Mike Mike has seen this, and so Mike is going to be able to weigh in on this a little bit more. Mike? Oh, yes, I'm going to use the word that I would never use in the Marvel Universe, and it's called garbage. Oh. Yes. This is... Do tell. ...of garbage. Um, when I put it on, I saw it was a seven-minute episode, and when I saw Legends, and they showed each, they showed uh, Wanda and Vision, I figured, okay, maybe they'll just, there'll be a little backstory to it. And that's exactly what it implies in the review is that it's clips from all the Marvel movies they've appeared in. And when they went over to Vision, it was the, basically the same clips from different angles. This was a complete pile of trash. I never, oh. this, is, this is a joke for Marvel. This is, I've, I wouldn't even see DC doing something like this. This is, when I saw that, I'm going, you know, Marvel's got this trend of, you know, fantastic shows and movies and mm -hmm. and this is just I don't I can't believe they just allowed this to happen. This wow. is this is terrible. And they should just seriously pull this show off and it's not even a supplemental show. It, and then it, it seems like the intro was more interesting than the rest of the show which was what? all clips and then right at the end they show you all the movies it's from but be sure to watch it on Disney Plus. So there wasn't any was. new footage film that was There's just nothing everything is what these characters appeared in all these movies that I is... they swept up off the editor's floor and just like oh well, you it, was just, it was just like watching clips of the movie it was like that a is seven so minute depressing. movie trailer that's all it was that is so mm -hmm. sad that Ew. is yeah that was just i mm. couldn't believe it I was, I was so frustrated i'm like i want my 14 minutes of bandwidth back what in the world though i mean it's just, it's why would you this, who thought it was a good idea but this is definitely not hyping anybody up for one division this is just it's, well it's that's a, and you know you, you said something there mac that i want to kind of touch on for a second it's definitely not hyping people up for one division no, I mean, you're you're sitting there like, okay, you're super excited because this is going to be our first taste of the MCU on Disney Plus, like we saw Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. Mandalorian really set the bar freaking high. Yes. Let me just say that much. And uh, I mean, it's it's got me a little worried for Wandavision. Like, you know, I hope I'm wowed and blown away by the, you know, this this time next week after seeing the first episode. But yeah, I never never would have expected they would have done that. I think it would have been a little bit of backstory, a little bit of comics, you know, a little bit of interview with. <laughs> you know, John, um, John you're over there. <laughs> I will just choose to believe that Marvel Legends doesn't even exist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll go with that. I yeah. think the smart thing to do is just to kind of like pull wow. the show off and don't tell anybody. 
you I'm know, sure it honestly, won't be missed. I just want to go watch it now to see the train wreck. Yeah, I, I really do. I do like to watch a good train wreck happen. Glutton for punishment to watch the second episode. I figured, well, maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm just, I don't get it. But it was exactly the same thing. And I'm going, well, I know what Iron Man and Captain America episodes are going to be like. You might as well just run, you know, Civil War and be done with it. So is it show seven minutes of Civil War. So is it just rehashed footage from different angles? Yeah, it's just basically clips from the movies. Well, when the characters appear together, obviously it's majority of the time it's one. I mean, when they showed Vision, they showed the early parts when he showed up in, yeah. you know, in Ultron. Yeah. You know, that, of course, you know, Wanda wasn't with him, but basically it was a majority of it was Infinity War, Endgame. Civil War. You know, Civil War. Yeah. That's basically what you're seeing. Okay. Maybe they were doing, it was a bad attempt at, but maybe they were just trying to remind you of the relationship without you having to sift through multiple hours of movies to figure that out again. Didn't seem that way. It just seemed oh, okay. more like I was just clips last ditch effort to put the some meaning behind it. it. Yeah, I mean, I can understand the motive if you wanted to create a 10 or 15 minute, like mini, I don't know, a documentary film or back, back. Story like a type, rehash. yeah, a rehash storyline. You know, I could understand that, that, but have a narrative with it. Yeah. Um, nothing but clips. That's all it was. That's sad, mm. <laughs> Luke. That's maybe sad. it'll be it's a like, cult classic. It, it reminds me of that time when you go over to see grandma <laughs> and you have to sit down next to her at the coffee table with the photo albums. And you have to sit there for three hours. And oh, sit yeah, through all the old pictures of people you don't even know. Yeah, it sounds about that enjoyable. I don't know. I, I would rather sit with grandma after hearing this. <laughs> She had some pretty awesome stories, <laughs> especially when you get a little bit of grandma's nip in the side of her. You know what I'm saying? Oh. <laughs> you get some of that fruit jar going on, boy. I tell you, old granny would just cut loose. But anyway, I just really showed my Kentucky Appalachian roots there. And I do apologize for that. Or do no, I? No, don't apologize for that. Right. That's awesome. All right. Well, that's enough of the Let's Marvel move on lesson. Let's to the next thing, shall we? All right, Lindsay Badger. Go for that. it. All right. So um, apparently Knight Rider's kit the car you may remember back in the day oh yeah um is going up for auction and you can what? be you too can be the proud owner of david hasselhoff's personal ride the current top bid pretty sexy. got a few pennies laying around in the back closet there four hundred and fifty thousand dollars but that will only climb as the move as it moves forward for years mm. people have wanted something like kit in their own cars now that chance is here thanks to live auctioneers you'll have to act fast as the auction ends january 23rd and as an added bonus the final price ends up being 25 percent of the reserve oh. hasselhoff will deliver your car in person the hoff <laughs> this will be a wild time for whatever night rider super fan ends up getting this vehicle Weirdly enough, the set of indicators on the dash and in the console are mostly just for show, but that doesn't make them any more staggering than in the show. This is definitely a statement piece. I see, um, who's the comedian that does the puppets with the Batmobile? I see him adding this to his collection. Honestly. Oh, you're talking about uh, Jeff Dunham. Yes, Jeff Dunham. Thank you. He's a huge, uh, he's a huge car collector, and he actually owns the uh, one of the original six Batmobiles from the nineteen eighty nine Batman film. Mm -hmm. There were six of them made for film, and he owns one of the original movie prop, not not a replica movie studio 
Batmobiles. But uh, I would definitely see Jeff Dunham going for Kit. Can you see Peanut driving around in Kit? Uh, <laughs> 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 or uh, what was he, Jalapeno on a stick? Um, or Walter. Walter. Walter would be great. Yeah. yeah throw down with Kit. Throw down with Walter. But uh, that's really interesting, uh, you know, to hear that you can actually own a piece of history and have history deliver it to you. It made it, it, made it sound oh, like yeah. Hoff is like... The Hoff personal delivery is definitely that cherry on top of that awesome nerdy cupcake. Yeah, I would I would just want to... Uh, yeah, I would do it just for Hoff, probably. I don't have that kind of money, so I don't know what I'm doing anymore. You uh, probably want to have a karaoke night with him and sing the Guardian song. Dude, he is huge in Germany. He is freaking <laughs> huge in Germany. You say that jokingly, but the dude is like a megastar hit crazy but anyway i digress moving along with our news this week uh in season two of the mandalorian ahsoka tano made reference to grand admiral thrawn which ignited speculation among star wars fans that would be the only matter of time before the villainous character made his live action debut resulting in countless theories about which actor would take over the role now that his time as Tony Stark in Marvel Cinematic Universe has come to an end. Some fans have expressed that none other than RDJ, Robert Downey Jr. himself, is taking could be taking on the role. This is fan fan expression, by the way. Uh, with there even being some rumors that the actor may have met with Lucasfilm about getting involved in the franchise to some capacity. Now, I got to be honest with you, I could definitely see RDJ. Throwing down some Star Wars. But would he be in this role? Can you see him in this role? As Thrawn? Yeah. No? Yeah. I think it, um, you know, he's got it in him too. He, he's such a multifaceted actor. He can be the hero as well as the villain. And, um, you know, his, his, his previous film track record shows that from, from what he did with Chaplin to just all the many things that he's done throughout the course of his own film history. Got a huge repertoire of films, by the way. Uh, and a lot of people, as of recent, just know him as Tony Stark from MCU, but RDJ's goes way back. Yeah. And um, I would, I, I, honestly, he's a seasoned actor. He's one of Hollywood's elite. He's one of the best right now in the business. Age is just a number. This guy is killing it. And... um I would love to see that personally. I would love to see some of the MCU actors graduate there, over into Are there Lucasfilm. any other actors that you would like to see play this role? Um, yeah, Brian Cranston. Oh, that's a good one. Brian Cranston, I mean, I nobody plays a villain better than Brian. You know, um another one um uh I don't know. I, I there's there's a lot of roles that could play Thrawn. Um Thrawn is a very um He's got a very unique voice. He's got a very unique st structure and status about him. Uh, if you don't know, you need to go and brush up on your Star Wars uh, Rebels, I believe it is. And uh, yeah, but um, I would love to know well, who do you who do you guys want to pick as to play Thrawn? Is there somebody from the previous MCU that you would want to pick, or is there just somebody out of the wall that nobody's heard? That would be interesting, right? What do you it think? It would be interesting to see. Oh gosh, me and my names. You're gonna have to help me. Uh, the the newer James Bond. Oh, you're. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I could see him playing an imperial role. 
he just has that stature about him. He does. Yeah. I think, yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, I could definitely see uh, that happening. Any Anybody that's maybe, as of recently, uh, has played, even Pierce Brosnan could do a good job. Yeah, I know, right? He's pretty. That's my, that, that's my ball right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's my weakness. But um, yeah, absolutely. Anybody in chat, who do you have uh, right now? If you're watching the show, if you're listening on the podcast, comment down and let us know. Like, who would you want to see play Thrawn in an upcoming uh, Star Wars spinoff series on Disney Plus? All right. Cool. Moving on. Lindsay Badger. Is it mine? Already? Oh, did I? Yeah, I just did Mandalorian. Yeah, you yeah. did. All right. Well, yeah. we can throw down on the next one. Let's All do right. this. Um, after a long and frustrating wait, uh, the CW has finally decided that they will no longer have a full season of Green Arrow and the Canaries, effectively ending the story of the Queen Smoke family on the network. Mm-hmm. That does not surprise me. We haven't heard a lot about any of the CW I shows. I stopped watching <laughs> Flash around season five. It just became... I couldn't. Yes, yes, yes. Continue on. So, The Green Arrow and the Canaries had been planned as an Arrow spinoff starring Shadowhunters veteran Catherine McDarma and Mia Queen, Green Arrow slash Green Arrow, alongside Katie Cassidy as Laurel Lance slash Black Siren and Juliana Harkavi as uh, Diana Drake uh, slash Black Canary. The The characters came together in the year 2040 in the penultimate episode of the arrow titled the green arrow and the canaries a backdoor pilot for a planned series starring the trio see i was always a super good fan about the flash series Mm -hmm. the green arrow series started off really strong but it really kind of petered out for me it's very dark Yes. So if, if you if you're not really into the darker side of DC, you're not really going to stay a follower of that. Correct. So I'm actually surprised it lasted as long as it did. Yeah, you know, and and, and just to touch on what you were talking about, how how it kind of petered out a little bit. Um, I can't remember what was the end of season five. It had something to do. Oh, it was the guy that had the the thinker, the guy that was in the chair with his brain and, oh, and yeah, yeah. yeah, it was, it was, I didn't see the, the culmination of that storyline. Uh, but that's kind of where I was. It was around season five, end of season five. And, uh, I know there's a couple more after that, but, um, but the stories between the green arrow and, and, and the flash, and, and then you had DC's legends of tomorrow. Then you had black, black bolt. And then you had bat and now you've got uh, Lois Lane and Clark coming out, Lois Lane and Superman or something like that. And now you have the new Batwoman coming out who has been recast. So you have all this and I'm just like it's just it's a lot. You know, it's, it's a lot to it's a lot to digest and at the time it just seemed really fun when it was just Arrow and Flash and you had all these other characters coming into it. That was great. Even DC's Legends wasn't kind of pushing the boundary that much, but now you've got a what seven shows in in the culmination of all this that's going on, and it's like so much to keep up with. So that's kind of like where I'm at. I'm kind of like, I, I, there's no way. I mean, at some point I would have to catch up to 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 get back into the storyline, but right now I just can't do it. Yeah. So um, that's uh, no good for the CW. I wonder what they're going to fill in. I have no idea. We'll just keep going, though, because uh, we are recording it. So don't worry about that. 
Yeah. Let's keep rolling. All right. Well, did you want to move on to the next one then? Yes, we will. Um, if, you, if you're able to see the stream out there, just let us know right quick. We are, uh, Looks like we might be having a little bit of an issue. But uh, on my end, at Lindsay, it does appear that we are going out on to... It um, says that we're live. It's just... Yeah. Are, it's all know. good. It's all good. You know what? You can always refresh the page, possibly. But, oh, there um, it goes. Yeah. It seems to be... Uh, don't worry about it. it. I think we had a little hiccup there, but we should be okay. It's those darn teenagers playing that Nintendo Switch of yours is what it is. <laughs> All right. Last one, and then we got, we're going to be talking a little bit about the creative multiverse stuff. If you're looking to add uh, some 3-4 scale arcade cabinets to your live, well, the next wave of arcade 1-Up cabinets are now available for pre-order. X-Men versus Street Fighter versus Capcom Clash of Superheroes. X-Men, Children of the Atom, and X-Men Mutant Apocalypse. Now, the X-Men vs. Capcom cabinet contains the following Marvel superheroes. War of the Gems, X-Men vs. Street Fighter, Marvel vs. Capcom, Clash of Superheroes, Marvel Superheroes vs. Street Fighters, and both the X-Men vs. Street Fighter and Marvel vs. Capcom cabinets are all Wi-Fi enabled, meaning that you can compete and cooperate with each other online through arcade one-up cabinets. Yeah, Holy cow. These these cabinets are pretty rad. Um, I don't know. Our friends over at the Tech Buzz, they do a show called on their gaming mm -hmm. channel called Retro Buzz. He has an entire basement full of these machines. Mr. Stephen Haywood. And uh, yeah, shout out to Mr. Haywood. Uh, he and his friends over there are super geeks about the arcade world. And this is also one of their fun toys that they talk about a lot. And it's uh, really cool how the technology has advanced where you can customize these machines, do all sorts of different things. Um, it's pretty impressive. It is. It every is every game that you can imagine. I know you're like, oh, we can do that on a retro pie. It is not the same, friends. I'm not telling you, same. when you have the joystick <laughs> in your hand and you're pressing the buttons, it's just so nostalgic because it's taking you back to, uh, you know, when you were popping the quarters in the slot and you were, you know, you run out of three lives and you pop Some in the quarter. Machines you can actually add the coin slots to. to I heard still about make that. It feel like yeah, and you can get the fake coins that weigh the same yeah. as the quarter. Yeah. Yeah. That's so cool. You'd be like, here, I'm going to show you what daddy did back in the day. <laughs> What's up, Steve Medeiros? Hey, our buddy Steve's hanging out with us in the chat room. He's one of my friends. He's part of the Team Pop X over on the Call of Duty League, and we are just killing it uh, night after night on Call of Duty. We're playing Cold War right now, and obviously we play Warzone together as well. Steve, cool, what's up? Check him out. Joker underscore VM 74 on Twitch. Steve, it's good to have you in here tonight, man. Good to see you. All righty. So I believe we got one final thing, and then we're going to go in and talk to this week's show topic, which is obviously going to be cool, Cobra Kai. But we're talking about Artuary 2021. Now, this is something that Alex, Alex, oh my gosh, she's in the bed. It's funny, right? <laughs> Lindsay, sorry, Lindsay. Uh, the first woman that always comes to my mind is going to be my wife. I'm so sorry about that. I would that, hope so. I would hope so, too. That would be really bad. <laughs> Uh, you know what? Somewhere though, in her sleep, she just smiled. I'm pretty sure I that bet happened. You she did. Yeah, but anyway. I bet you she did. So Lindsay, Mike, and myself. Mike, this Mike in the chair down here. We've all three been participating in Artuary. Now, what is Artuary? Uh, Artuary is a 31 day art drawing challenge that is that prompts you every day with a brand new fresh word. Now you're going to look up on your screen here, and you're going to see three words. Let me go ahead and just maximize that for you so you can see that. But it's really neat because 
this allows us to be able to, you wake up in the morning, you see the first word, you're all right, so the first word, what is today? I think today is mold. We're on day 10. So okay. you, you got to, there's a lot of, it's words that have multiple meanings. Every word that's chosen can be taken in mo- both ways. Is it mold that grows on your baseboards or on a, on a slice of bread? Or is it like clay that you mold into a sculpture of some sort? Or is it a mold that you pour in a metal to? Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of things angles that you can do with that. And I will give you a hint on what mine is going to be. I am actually going to draw my Molderama <laughs> from Wiki Wachi oh, Springs man. in Florida. So this is going to be what I'm going to be drawing for day 10. So I'm actually going to draw this 3D-ish like in pencil. Nice. And uh, so that's going to be Molderama. Get it? Have the little holes in the bottom of it where the look, wax. Look, yes. look at that. Isn't that I can cool? smell that from here. It smells like crayon. It smells yeah. exactly like crayon. It's so yeah. old school. See, now that's how Pop X works. We are so old school. But um, so Arguary is really cool. And the thing about it is we're already 10 days into this and getting ready to go into 11 tomorrow. And we have so many people, Lindsay. We have people all over the world participating in yes, this drawing challenge. World, all skill levels. Some people are not even artists. They're just doing it for fun, um, which I think is the best part. It's not a competition Mm-mm. at all. Um, it's just something for you to kind of push your own personal envelope to challenge yourself to mm-hmm. see what you can do. Um, it can be, and the fun thing that Joe and I had discussed whenever we made this was we wanted it to not be limited to a specific medium. So you can be a 3D artist, you can just do pencil and paper, you can use your kids' crayons or markers, you can go out in the world and do photography, whatever your heart desires in the the land of artistic expression is open game. And we've had uh, people doing photography of their cats in the snow for shiver. Uh, we've had um, we've had people like I mean painting we've we've seen oil and acrylics. Um, remember the one that the lady did with the the she painted the acrylic mask on her face of a it was an awesome portrait. But um, now here's the cool thing: you're, you're hearing us talk about these artworks that have been submitted, but you can also see them and you can see them for free. All you got to do is go over to Facebook groups and type in the Creative Multiverse. Now you'll hit on a Join Group. It's a private group. And we don't we don't sell the artworks. We don't we don't do any kind of crazy licensing. It's nothing like Inktober. No disrespect to Inktober. We're just we're just artists that love artists, and that's where it stops. Inktober we're, inspired us to start this so that we could have kind of our own rules and our own way of doing things. Correct. And so um, the cool thing about it is you can join, and you don't even have to participate. You can just watch the daily posts come in per word, and just it's amazing. I mean, for me as an artist, it's a blessing to see a person across the world in Australia or New Zealand. We have them in uh, in Norway. Uh, we have them all over the place that are submitting, especially across the entire United States. Uh, we have a few in Canada this year, but it's cool to see everybody's interpretation of that word and what that word will mean to them at that moment. We also have an official hashtag that we are using along with the group mm-hmm. on Facebook, which is hashtag archuary mm-hmm. and also hashtag archuary 2021. You can follow along. Also, there's people on Instagram also sharing their work there as yep. well. I haven't been out on Twitter, but I would assume people are probably doing a little bit out there as well. And another good way too, I want to mention really quick, you, you brought up a really good point on, on social media on Instagram. 
on Instagram, we've been doing, we haven't done it the past couple of days, but these daily recaps were to be like the top 10 of the day. And each image as you're swapping through will be tagged to that artist. So you can actually follow that artist and their artwork, which is kind of cool. So check us out and um, be assured we got, what is it, 21 more days left of Are You Wary? And January's done. I mean, it's just, it's fun though. We look forward to doing this every year. It's a great start to kind of just kickstart your brain for a year of creativity. And uh, you don't have to be an, a pencil artist, ink sketching person to participate. And I want you guys to know that. All right. So with all that said, we're going to wrap that up on the news this week. And uh, we're going to kind of graduate into Cobra Kai. So um, we're going to roll. Alert. Yeah, we're going to roll that spoiler alert. So listen, guys, if you've not seen season three of Cobra Kai, we're about to drop some major heavy hitting spoilers. So beyond this point, you have been warned. You are about to enter a pop pop spoiler alert. Beyond this point, there is no return. You have been warned. All right, you have been warned. That is absolutely correct. So we are talking about season three of Cobra Kai, and we're getting ready to drop some major spoilers this week on this particular season, which I have to say right off the top, Lindsay, and you might agree with me, might be the best season of the series. I will agree with that. <laughs> it, I feel like it was the most dynamic story-wise. No, go ahead. <laughs> I feel like it was the most dynamic story-wise. We kind of dug a little deeper into our throwbacks and references to the original movie. Mm -hmm. And also there was a lot more um, relationship development there that I really was looking forward to that I was missing from the previous um episodes so I, I i agree with you i agree with you yeah cobra kai never dies that's exactly right john <laughs> over in the chat room um but uh you know season one kind of we we got to we didn't really need to see the life of daniel larusso no you know, but we see what's happened 25 30 years later you know we see what the aftermath is of this i guess it's 30 years later because it was 83 80, 84 when it came out and um, so we see what's happened to the LaRusso family, and, and he's kind of done good for himself in season one. You know, he's he's got his own, his own car dealership. He's making a lot of money. And then on the opposite end of the spectrum, we got Johnny, who is is hitting the bottle pretty hard, and he's, he's down on his last dollar, and he can't make it. That's pretty much the summarization of season one, I would say. It's yeah. the struggle of Johnny overcoming his lack of what he doesn't have, and Daniel being humble with what he does have. He's not arrogant. He's not flamboyant about his money. And so I think that would be a good summarization. And then we I are, feel like episode or this sorry, not episode, no, no. season one was was really more of a a glimpse into the villain. Yeah. It was like a villain backstory more than even a focus on the current day of how uh Dan Daniel San <laughs> was doing in his life. Yeah. But, you know, it's really interesting that you, you say that, Lindsay. It's, it's, it's for the first time, I think, in, in this series and in this legacy of film, filmography or whatever you want, just whatever you want to call it, we are seeing this story told through the eyes of the villain, not the hero. So the, fl the script has been flipped. Instead of the focus on Daniel LaRusso, the focus is on William Zeb Zebka's character in Johnny. And, um, you know, we're, we're seeing a lot of what the struggles are and, and how he's picking up the pieces of his life and how he's living in the shadow of 
John Kreese. He's living in the shadow of every decision that was made in, in Karate Kid 1 and 2. Right. And he didn't get the belt. He didn't win. He's a loser. He, he's he's a good for nothing. And his motivation is... with his family situation. Right. And how he could never live up to the expectations of right. his stepfather and all of that craziness. But season one really sets a great right. foundation for the rest. You know, I mean, it really does. I think I have to agree definitely with over in the chat room. You know, John uh, is telling me that he really likes season one because it, it, it's it's still one of his favorites of, of them all. And I, I have to agree. I mean, there, there's so many. We're introduced to the children of each character, of Johnny and Daniel. We're introduced to, you know, their structure and how they're living in the, I don't want to say the, the, the fame of their fathers, but the decisions of their fathers and the decisions that they made. And so um, it, it really goes into the depth of that. And I love this story, how it's told from Johnny's perspective more so than it is from Daniel's. Because we already know what Daniel, he won the belt. He won the yeah. championship, you know. And, and, and he came out on top. He gets the notoriety and the, and yeah. the, the higher stature just because of how popular martial arts was in, at that time. Correct. Which now currently is not Making as... It, but it's I making a resurgence. If, it's making a slow resurgence. We're making a comeback with this one. Um, and then we go into season two. Season two is kind of really in it. At the end of season one, uh, we are introduced right at the last scene. John Kreese walks into Cobra Kai. And, you know, and they introduce pretty much the most of season two is John Kreese sinking his claws into Johnny. And Johnny dealing with his former sensei and just how of a brutal, harsh character John Kreese is. Um, the dude is reckless. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about the relationship status or he doesn't care about, you know, feeling soft. He just wants it's to really get about back. about ripping that Band-Aid off and, and cutting himself and separating himself from Greece and uh, developing his own person. You yeah. You can tell that he, had, he, he was struggling with his um, fundamental teachings from Greece. But he also had that goodness in him and that even in the original movie, he, it shows his struggle with those two elements. Well, I think it's because and, he lost. Right. Well, I you mean, know? even before that, he still struggled a little bit. He was just a dumb teenager <laughs> at the same time. Well, he's kind of reckless, but, um, you know. It shows more of the humanity side in season two. I, I agree. I couldn't agree more. There's a level of Johnny that is developed uh, in the character, and I just love the writing on all of this. I mean, season one, two, and three, it's just phenomenal how they're setting this up, and then the, the cliffhangers at the end of each season are just amazing. Mm -hmm. But season one is kind of the setup. You know, you're, you're, you're getting introduced to the characters in their post-30-year era, and then in the season two, we're starting to develop. You know, Johnny is, is obviously developing a heart. He's a de developing a heart for love. He's developing a heart for his son. He wants to be there for his son. And um, yes, Johnny has a son. And in this, this season as well, the uh, the kids develop a deeper relationship with each other. It, exactly. Well. And, um, you know, it's it, there's a little bit of a teen drama story there, and I'm kind of glad it doesn't, like, go all in to the teen drama. Yeah, I would get a little... It, it gets a little wonky after that. But, you know, there's enough there for both sides, whether you're... a a young person or whether you're, you know, one of us who <laughs> lived in the 80s and, uh, you know, appreciate the good storyline. But then at the end of season two, 
the, the culmination of John Kreese's new mentality and Daniel trying to fight for his family comes to head in the high school. And that is when one of the characters takes a traumatic fall and ends up becoming paralyzed at the end oh, of season two. That just broke my heart. When Miguel fell. Dude, that was <gasps> brutal. That was <gasps> savage. And um, it doesn't really, I mean, we're, we're kind of backpedaling a little bit, but we're, we're kind of giving yeah. you a full Cobra Kai narrative. There's a lot of story here. <laughs> there is a lot of story here. And you know, these episodes are only 25 to 28 minutes long. Mm-hmm. They're not long at all. They're very they're they're half hour segments, and but there's so much story packed into they each tell episode. Their story well. There's yeah. not a lot of fluff and, and extra to trim off. Of. It sticks straight to what the mission of the episode is. But then we get into season three. Yeah, Miguel is in the hospital in a coma, paralyzed, a coma, non-responsive, non-responsive, at all. no brain activity, and um, you know Miguel is kind of one of the. If you don't know, Miguel is Johnny's neighbor's son, and Miguel was getting picked on in school back in season one, and he felt, Johnny felt amongst himself to reform Cobra Kai and start helping Miguel fight back on his enemies and not be bullied, and in that became an interesting dynamic between Johnny's biological son and Miguel. Yeah. And LaRusso's daughter, which is the catalyst, if you will, for the story and the story line. So anyway, moving forward with that, season three kind of opens up. You know, Miguel's in the hospital bed and, and there's a lot of drama and, and a lot of this. And, and then how, obviously everybody is feeling responsible for this. The whole town is in an uproar about this whole event. Yep. And the students... You, we start with them finally returning back to school after I assume a suspension. Yeah, something happened. like that. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of tension. The security is to, through the roof at the high school. All of these teens are like metal detectors, huge grudges against each other. Crazy. It is crazy. And, um, Larusso's girl. What's her name? I can't remember off the top of my I head. God, the Anna. name. Anna. I me um anyways she uh apparently had a lot of trauma from miss tori in her interaction with her that she had to deal with and kind of that was her main struggle through the whole was samantha samantha larusso samantha thank you yeah um and uh she she has a lot of you know personal Mm -hmm. internal struggle through the whole thing which i appreciate it and I feel like it was warranted, but I felt like it was a little bit overdone. Little Possibly. Over-dramatized. I mean, you got to remember, though, when you're that age and something that dramatic oh, happens to you dramatic. in front of all your friends. <laughs> I know that for sure. You know, I mean, it's like that point when you poop your pants in school and you got to walk around all day with crap in your pants. You know, you feel humiliated. I mean, I mean I'm just being real. That's a personal experience, Joe. <laughs> well, it happens every day. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Depends. You think it's air. And then anyway, moving on with the story, it's just, you know, it's, you know, I'll be honest with you though. We've all had that moment in school, whether it's in elementary or high school or college where you're embarrassed and not only you're embarrassed, you're, you're a little ashamed. And it's kind of what she was going through because her scars were literally a reminder on her arms of a very traumatic and shameful moment. And she didn't stand up for Miguel and she didn't do her part and, and she blames herself. 
I I feel like it was warranted <laughs> to have that in the story and to have that issue addressed. I don't feel like that, but I do feel like, especially towards the end of the season, it's like girlfriend, you can kick some serious ass. Can we please <laughs> move on? <laughs> I'm tapping over in the chat room. Look at the chat room right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, John! Somebody passed Joe the Clorox wipe. I'm telling you, man, give me a flushable wipe. Them boys, boys, all sorts of torn up. You can't do anything like, with him. You crap, can't take him anywhere. Crap, crap myself. Um, <laughs> but you know, so, it, it, um, let's talk about um, uh, <laughs> Robbie mm, a little bit because yeah. he's a little bit more absent yeah. in this season than in the previous two seasons. Though he is still present, he has a different role that he plays. It's it, his reaction to the drama at the high school was completely different than everybody else's. Yeah, he's on. He's a fugitive now. Yes, he's a fugitive, and he's wanted. And you know, he's the one that kicked Miguel off the off the um, off the railing. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, you now he's in hiding, and he stole a van from Larusso, and he's trying to flee the cops and, and get away. And and it's just it's a really crazy scene. He's living as a, as a homeless person. He doesn't have like a trustworthy role, no. mate, role to turn to, so he feels like he's kind of on his own. And I kind of feel, I, I feel like Daniel did a really good job though in, in making him own up to it, and and then having I did like that. You know, it's like you, it's better now to get this one hurt over than run and have a bigger hurt down the road. Yes. And it makes a ton of sense, and that just is very wise of Daniel's character uh, to to say. Uh, I really enjoyed that, but you're right. There wasn't as much Robbie in this until the end. Until the end, and we'll get to that here in just a second. But I want to get to episode five. Okay. Probably one of my favorite episodes in the entire series, and this is when Daniel goes to Okinawa. Ah, oh, yes, I was about to transition oh, into that too. Yes, yes. Episode five for me was a huge turning point. I honestly feel like there was so many. Well, first and foremost, the cameos. Can we stop there? Okay. For, if you have not seen the second Karate Kid movie. You need to see part two. you will be completely lost with this episode and all of its references. Yeah. You have to be knowledgeable in the not only the original movie, but also at least the second one. At mm -hmm. least so far. <laughs> Who knows if the third or fourth or newest ones will come into play later, but... Right now, if you don't know the first and second movie of, like, back in the 80s, then you need to catch up because I you're going to miss so much from this episode if you haven't seen it. Carry on. No, and I kind of like Robbie's comment. Uh, I mean, John's comment over in the in the chat room with about Robbie says, Robbie kind of sucks. His character flip-flops. I liked him before this season, and I have to agree well, with I you. I think he's, he's intentionally written that way, but look at his backstory. Yeah. He doesn't have a solid foundation to return to. So he's yeah. just well, his dad, his dad checked out of him his most of his life. His dad was an yeah. alcoholic, you know, post Cobra so Kai. I, so. I feel like that's on par for what his character is written to be. But, even though I agree with you, I don't like But season five, you had hit it on the head with 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 watching Karate Kid part two. You have to see part two. Uh the characters, you know, there was a love interest uh, when when Daniel, young Daniel goes to Okinawa. There was also the villain. And, oh, and both oh, two, both of them return in episode five at his visit to Okinawa. As soon as as soon as the guy walked into the restaurant while they were sitting there having their tea, I was like, Oh man, it's him. What's going to happen? I kind of <laughs> thought it was Gilbert Godfrey for a minute though. <laughs> Not gonna lie to you. I kind of was like I, I, that. I was like, oh, wait, that's good. Oh, wait a minute. That's that guy from part two. Never mind. 
it kind of kicked in, you know, it's like, oh, oh, but I think it was such a mature lesson that he gave Daniel in in learning the part of the Miyagi Dojo tactics that were never taught by Mr. Miyagi. And I think it's pretty special, you know, that he, he got to know, you know, the part where it numbs your limbs, you know, hitting the pressure points. Yes, the pressure During points combat and stuff. To and paralyze your, your enemy. Exactly. Um, did you catch the Easter egg at the bar when they first arrived to the restaurant? Well, he's obviously, Daniel was sitting down with his love interest from Karate Kid Part 2. Right. Um, okay, so let, let me set it up Okay, for set there. it up for me. He... He first is at the bar, and then they later go sit down at a table. But while they're standing at the bar, if you look over their shoulder while they're talking, you see a rack of ice. No. Pillars no, I did see that. off the rice chunks to put into glasses to serve drinks. I did see that. And at the first, like, but, but when the scene opens up, you think that's what it is, and it zooms out, and they're actually yeah. just cutting ice for the drinks. Yes. Uh, okay. So that was a, a, that was a nice pull. If you guys didn't see that, go back and, and check it out. But That was definitely a nice pull, for sure, from Karate Kid Part 2. Well, um, that was a great little trip. Um, it was kind of sad, the reason why he was there. Yeah. But um, it turned out to me okay, conveniently. It turned out but, that, um, <laughs> you know, his, his, his friend uh, Kumiko um, was friends with uh, the, the investment automobile dealer, that Daniel was there in the first place. Trying to get their help. But for... backing up before that, the whole reason why Daniel went to Okinawa was just to kind of rediscover himself a little bit. And in doing so, Kumiko had these notes and letters that were written from Mr. Miyagi to the love, the love of his life. To her, uh, her aunt, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That would have been Mr. Miyagi's wife. And he read the last letter <laughs> before he died. Oh, I was almost in tears whenever that that whole scene went um, down. It was so sweet. But you hear that you can almost hear the voice of Mr. Miyagi coming through I that. Yeah, and it just you know the way the way she was reading it, you can hear his voice from the movies reading it. It was so tender, and but I think too, you know, I think Daniel got closure. He got I, closure yeah. from that, and I think that really kind of fueled him. And then I think he, he was frustrated at first, um, knowing that there was things that Miyagi didn't teach him. But then later, after his training, he was like, "I understand why he didn't teach me these things because I wasn't ready." He for wasn't them. ready for them. Yeah. But um, I'm glad that he did finally complete his training. And he got everything. He knows everything about Miyagi Dojo now, which is amazing. And you know, you know, we're talking about episode five in particular because episode five is is definitely a huge callback from the movies because there's a lot of cutback scenes to to the original films, but also too there's a lot of answers that that come to fruition, and it helps really drive home the narrative of the final episode because I don't think if we have the Okinawa episode, the final one wouldn't have meant as much, especially with the battle. We're we're, we're leading up now to the big street brawl with John Kreese, Johnny, and Daniel. It's it, everything's come to a head, and the finale of this is party. yeah. We're well, we're seeing the finale of this, and then all crap breaks loose at Daniel Larusso's house, and you know it's just like oh my god. And then Daniel comes home and he finds 
all the, you know, his house is completely wrecked, and then he goes to John Kreese, and then they two start, Daniel and John Kreese start kicking butt with each other. Yes. And, um, it, it, How did you feel about the third dojo, Eagle Fang I development? I, I think that's what's just way of Johnny just separating himself from John Kreese. I mean, I'm, I'm not a big fan of the name, and they say that right in the show. I'm not a big fan of the, you know. So we, we all know that Johnny is not a good marketing <laughs> person. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I think um, the, the final brawl, though, when Johnny stands beside Daniel, against John Kreese. I think that's the moment that right there was like, holy cow, these two, happening. the enemies are working together to bring down the villain. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. And, you know, that really set it up for me. I was like, this, it was awesome. Between the point, I'm just like, oh my God, I need season four now. Well, and how did you feel about um, Eli or Hawk switching oh, sides? Oh, dude. And, you know, I think, too... In the middle of a massive battle. I'm just going to call him Hawk because Eli is just like his former, you know. But I think, honestly, he was a a bully himself first. Season one, callback. That's the reason why he got involved in Cobra Kai to begin with. He had the cleft palate. He was made fun of. He was trying to overpower and get confidence and strength. Yep. And he... I think he realized this season that he went too far and he didn't even see himself getting to that point. And then it's when they it broke his like arm a slap broke. in the face for him. Remember when they broke the kid's arm in the arcade yeah. and he saw that and he just kind of like, he was like, he, he had a moment. Then it happened again at the LaRusso's house at the Christmas party. And he just mm-hmm. could not do it. He's had enough and he started fighting against his own. And um, it was just, re- I think in that moment, I think Hawk and probably Eli saw a lot of himself in who the, the, the young kid that was getting the crap beat out of it. And okay, he just so stood up for the him. The person that terrorized me and still does probably sneak into my nightmares if I let her, Tori. She is a psycho. What is with that lip? Like, I, I don't know. She what. always does that lip thing. Like, she has this really like serial killer smile. Yeah. That makes you think that she's going to have a glass of Chianti. Yeah. When she gets home. And then, like, yeah. rip your insides open and just, like, string them up on a Christmas tree. Some fava beans. I don't know what is going to happen to her character or if she's going to develop and turn into a good guy. I honestly don't see that happening. I, I see her know. being, like, Crease's number one. She's going to be an antagonist to Samantha. She's going to be Samantha's antagonist. And, um, scary child. She's, she's, she's definitely. She's definitely special. Yeah, she could be in a good horror movie or something like that. But, um, you know. Anyway, so how did you, how, did you see, was it predictable, the ending no, of the season? I don't, I don't think it was. I mean, there was a part of me that was a questioning, is Johnny going to go back with John Kreese? You know, there was a moment there because it was so uncertain. I mean, part of me did want to, want to see Johnny join with Daniel. A part of me wanted to see that. Um, but I think for me, the, the, the standout from this entire season was episode five, Okinawa. I think, um, man, I can, I can, I can eat that kind of stuff up all day long. Yes. Well, I mean, in, in speaking of flashbacks, we did get to see finally an explanation of why Crease is the way Crease is. We did. Uh, we didn't even talk about that either. His, uh, Vietnam flashbacks when and he where was, Cobra Kai came from. and, uh, where he was in, a prisoner of war in one of the camps 
and uh, he had to fight his own Marine, uh, his, captain. his captain. and His superior officer, he had to fight him to the death. And it was in a snake pit. It was a small, narrow bridge that these dudes had to fight over. kind of voluntarily well, fought him to the death. <laughs> well, you know, I think John Kreese's character, uh, he just had enough. And he had enough of his his captain and 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 he just snapped and was like, I'll do it. I'm gonna do it. And um I think that's the evolution of his character, you know, from being from waiting tables in a small country diner and being made fun of essentially, to enlisting in the army, to becoming pretty much of a badass. Yeah. No pun intended. Yeah, you know? like raw strength and yeah. power is what he turned himself yeah. in. Absolutely. Which is kind of impressive. Yeah. In its own weird way. He just did it in the wrong way. Um, also, uh, what did you what did you think when you first saw the snake pit? What was Man, that was you like, feel like that was a little over the top. It was a little bit Indiana Jones. Did you I, think it was I, a little bit? I did, crazy? but you know, I did feel a little Indiana Jones there, but you gotta remember it's an eighties callback. I, I it's know. from an it's 80s movie. Some, I mean, so there's going to be some sharp cheddar cheese thrown in there at some point. I appreciate that. But yeah. it was like, how many snakes are there? And did they catch One them all One million. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just so, some weird, weird prison camp in the middle of the jungle has like a million. Half a million serpents in a giant pit. And, and the only food that they get is when some soldier falls into the pit to be. I don't uh, know. Plausible, and then I don't, I don't know, but it is, you know, an '80s storyline based off an '80s film, and, and there is that. So now yeah. the the little cherry on top of this entire season is that we were blessed with another cameo. Yes, we were. Yeah, yeah. Daniel's first the love, love interest. interest of both yeah. Danny and Johnny, Miss Allie. Allie is back. Got to come in, and um, she actually didn't even know she was going to be invited. Really? Until they were starting to film the ep- the series. That's awesome. The season. <laughs> so, and of course, she said yes. I saw the little post show thing. Yeah. Later, but um, <clears throat> she, it, I really enjoyed her her appearance and and how that kind of doused a little water on the uh, rivalry. Yeah, the complexities bit. of both of the characters. Yes. And I, I do love too. Uh, there, I'm glad you brought her up. Because it really showed that Johnny had an opportunity to get back with her. But he chose Miguel's mom. He chose yeah, Miguel's... Perfect. He stayed... For the first time in his life, I believe that Johnny made a good and righteous decision and not be a player and do the right thing. And I think Miguel's mom, who well, is... And they built, up, built that up so much this yeah. season, too. I mean, he kind of did a little bit of faith, book face. <laughs> yes. Book facing and stalked her a little bit, but like that whole, when Miguel started getting better and healing, that was kind of like their, their comedy comic relief was the trying to get back in touch with her and taking all those silly goofy photos and uh, yep. trying to make it look like he was having the, the time of his life. And really that wasn't the truth. And all. you know, <laughs> I, I, when I see Elizabeth shoe, her character, I don't really see her from Karate Kid. She's always going to be from Back to the Future. Oh yeah, yeah. She she I never really connect to that was, directly to that. Oh movie. yeah, yeah. That's her from Back to the Future. Marty's Marty's main squeeze from Part Two and Part One. Now I don't know if you knew this, but the actress that played 
did not repeat her role from part one uh, in Back to the Future. But uh, there, even the more you know. Um, so we pretty much, you know, we summed it all up in season three, and I think there's a lot of good. I mean, as we talked about, for me, the the good definitely outweighs some of the slight cheese factor um, that that we saw in the series. And like I, I said, think it wouldn't be right with a little bit of Parmesan cheese sprinkled. Well, on you know, you got to have some '80s cheese. Um, but I think um, oh, Adventures so, in Babysitting, good pull. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. Um, also, uh, how do you feel about the 80s nostalgia, and was there enough of it? Just enough. Wasn't overkill. It wasn't It wasn't in my face. I think how Stranger... Like the, the metal Christmas music during the fight was pretty rad. Yeah, I enjoyed that. I think that, uh, you know, Stranger Things, I think, um, in season three, I think they went crazily overboard with the 80s nostalgia. But I think that um, this one was just right. Whereas Wonder Woman 84, they got it right in the first opening act and it just didn't flow through the rest of the film. There's an ebb and flow. You know, there's a balance there. And I think it's a good balance between storyline and then throwbacks and stuff. Um, but bringing it all home, season three for me was an outstanding. And I think episode five really was kind of the glue that brought all of the episodes together. Um, I was left craving more oh gosh yeah as soon as i fin- i binge watched the whole thing in one sitting it's, it's amazing very easy to do that this show because of the storytelling right about three or four season. hours you're done as soon as the season finale ended i was like looking up when season four was coming out because there's a tournament to be had ladies and gentlemen there's a tournament season four <laughs> is going to be the let's, tournament let's throw some bows let's and go we're going to see what happens when uh, eagle fang cobra kai and milwaukee yes. dojo come together and uh, fight in the All-Valley Tournament. Um, but um, I think for me, Season 3 is definitely probably one of my favorite of Cobra Kai. So many callbacks, so many cameos, so many Easter eggs. And there's a, there's something there for everybody, whether you've never, you're a young person uh, growing up uh, today or you're a well-seasoned nerd like both all four of us from Pop X. Um, it's pretty awesome. And uh, we're going to go ahead and do our review, and then we're going to share something right at the end of this that's pretty awesome for Pop X, and I don't want to forget to mention that. So I am going to personally review Cobra Kai Season 3. I'm going to give Cobra Kai Season 3 a solid 9.0. I really love the music. I love the, the, the writing, the producing, the cameos, the character development. I was definitely all on board with Cobra Kai Season 3. Yes. And I actually was not that far from you, Joe. I had an 8.7 in my mind. Look at you. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. So, so we have a um, 9.0 and 8.7. That's that's pretty good. That's I pretty like good. It. And uh, you guys are welcome to let us know what you thought if you uh, saw it in the chat. Yeah, so let us know if you're commenting uh, if you're commenting in the chat or on our live to YouTube channel or you're listening to this podcast when you get uh, and after the fact, you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your yeah, comment and let us know about it. But I do want to mention one more thing, Lindsay, before we go away. It's kind of a special day today. It is very special. Yeah, we haven't said anything about it, but we want nope. to let you guys know. Uh, on this date, today, January the 10th, 2016, PopX Cast came into existence. Our very first episode featured Jordan Woods Robinson from The Walking Dead. It was an actor, you know, Jordan. He, he played uh, Eric uh, on the show. 
And um, then he's also played in Blue Man Group. He was an actual performer in the Blue Man Group, among many other awesome adventures that he's had. But we got to interview him live. At the time, we were on a streaming platform called Blab, which was blab.im, which is no more. Gone. No more. But essentially, PopX Cast is a product of Blab. And um, it's pretty awesome. Today, on this date, is the five-year anniversary of PopX Cast. Happy birthday, PopX. I got to say, Lindsay, you've been with me throughout the entire thing. I have. I've not been on every single episode, but I have always faithfully been nearby, either behind the curtain backstage, pulling all the cogs and ropes in the back end, or standing here geeking out with you guys in one way or another. And it has been an absolute pleasure. It's been and awesome. And forward to 10 more years. And of think of all the fitness. talent that we've had on the show from retro blasting. Phenomenal. The, uh, the guests that we've had. Russ Braun, the uh, artist from Marvel and DC Comics. We've had uh, Matt Roseboom from Attractions, Orlando Attractions Magazine on the show. We've had a plethora of, of awesome individuals and talents throughout the years. We've had video game developers and we've had all, uh, comic retro writers. Yeah. We've had them on several times. Retro blasting. We love them. They're and, so fun. Uh, we've even had like, we had one whole episode dedicated to nothing but Doctor Who. And we had yeah. a special Doctor Who fan all the way from the UK join us for that episode, which was fantastic. And so we've had some really cool stuff in the five years that we've been broadcasting. And, that, you know, we don't do this every week. It's, it's This is more of what you would consider a hobby podcast, a hobby cast. And, uh, but we love what we love, what we do. And we love talking about geeky things. We love bringing you some of the headlines that no matter if they're quirky or geeky or whatever, we're having fun doing it. Mm -hmm. And to here's to five more years, Lindsay, I just can't wait. And beyond that, you know, we'll be, we'll be 60 years old (laughs) talking about PlayStation 8s. I've turned my hearing it. <laughs> my hearing aid, get turn my hearing aid up. I can't watch this uh, Batman film right now. I'm going to have to have my great-grandchild come turn the computer but, off. But uh, episode 113 is special because it marks our five-year anniversary. And I want to say a huge thank you to Mr. Mike Ippolito down thank here. You, Mike, for all of your amazing graphical magic. Yes, there is an actual... Oh, yeah. Well, you are welcome there, Conan O'Brien. Um, but, uh, Mike has been with me pretty much through the infancy of PopX cast and has come on board and he has done so much for me throughout this five years. And I think, um, you know, PopX is, is one of those really cool things that we get to do and we get to have fun, but it's also therapy for us. We get to sit back and and for an hour, hour and 20 minutes, enjoy talking about things that we truly love. And that's comics and pop culture and movies and all this good stuff. Mm -hmm. And, that's the really the meat and potatoes of what we do. We just love to talk about this stuff. And why not just stream it while we talk about it? Why not? You know what I mean? We get to bring in more people to geek out with us every single episode, and I think it's great. And I do want to use a shout-out right now to a person that's been on me since episode... Well, you've been with me through from episode one all the way through, but Austin Burt. Austin yes. Burt came on at episode, I believe it was 11, if I'm not mistaken, 11 or 12. And He's so, been here the majority of the time, and what a great dynamic he brings to the team. His his quirky Burke. <laughs> we've seen him. We've seen him in his dormitory. Genealogy with 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 crappy Wi-Fi signal in his dorm. Oh, bless um, his, his connection. And oh my God, it was he he couldn't do shows at certain times. If there was a thunderstorm his, nearby. He'd be like, oh, sorry, guys. Every time every time somebody flushed a toilet in his hometown, the whole internet would go out. 
That's hilarious. Then we saw him got married. He got married uh, yeah. a couple years ago uh, to his lovely bride, Madison. And uh, so he's been a part of this for quite a long time as well. But um, that's all I want to say. I just want to say a huge thank you to everyone who has listened and downloaded and subscribed to our feeds and to our live stream. We, we're still doing this because you're still listening. And we want to thank you for that. And it means a lot to us that you're still doing it. And so from all of us at PopX, thank you so much. So um, we're going to wrap things up here, Lindsay. You ready? Let's do it. All right. Uh, I am Joseph Burke at Joseph Burke Arts all over the web. And we're also part of the newly formed, uh, as we talked about earlier, creative group known as the Creative Multiverse. For more media content, content uh, artwork, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the Creative Multiverse. Now, if you are a creative, you produce content, or you have a talent and you want to see and you want we want you we want to see what you create first and foremost we want to see what you create join us over at the creative multiverse on the facebook groups yes we like to share yes sharing is caring <laughs> all right um, and, <laughs> and for popx cast we are also pretty much everywhere on the worldwide netwebs uh social media you can find us on facebook instagram twitter no, Twiddler. Twiddler. Twiddler, ladies and gentlemen. It's a brand new platform <laughs> that's just come out. I just made it up. Yeah. Uh, Tumblr, Twitter, and Pinterest. Everything is the tag at pop. Are you twiddling with it again, Larry Lindsay? Twiddling with it. Okay. All right. Uh, send comments and suggestions to us via email if you so choose. Uh, <laughs> popxcast at gmail.com. Also, for future and past shows, please visit our official website, www popxcast.com all right and i am joseph burke at joseph burke arts once again i want to say a huge hats off to team popx for making this week's episode come to fruition we'll be back in a few weeks as we're getting ready we may do uh wandavision we may do episode one of a wandavision recap just to kind of let the see what it's about we may actually do just one episode on the episode not an entire season. We, we, we're kind of curious about how WandaVision is going to play out. So I'll stay tuned to our feed, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And Twiddler, if you're part of that. And Twiddler. Twiddler. Yeah. Yep, we need Twiddler on there. But listen, guys, thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Thanks for five amazing freaking years. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next time on PopXCast. Thanks for listening to PopXCast. As you're enjoying listening or viewing our shows, please consider clicking on the subscribe button to our feed and click the get notifications buttons so you don't miss out on great future content. Like our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash popxcast and on Instagram at popxcast. And be sure to drop us an email anytime at popxcast at gmail.com. For more great content, check out the Creative Multiverse where science, art, and imagination come together with artistic talents. The Creative Multiverse can be found on Facebook groups under the same name. We'll see you next time. Get your geek on! <laughs>